This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. It's 19.34 on Power Business. Move on now to a conversation with Leti Wengosi, who's a network mobilizer at Youth Capital. Now, the latest research by the advocacy group uh, Youth Capital confirms that 8 in 10 young South Africans have to choose between looking for work or buying food because of the high cost of job hunting, uh, which has been quantified at 1,469 rand per month. Leti, good evening. Thank you so much for chatting to us. Thank you so much for having me, Notalo. All right, let's speak about, uh, you know, this uh, study, the research that you've gone on to do here, the purpose of it, and also uh, just this number of 1,469. It really is staggering. It absolutely is. And when you consider the fact that 4 in 10 South Africans are between the ages of 15 to 34, that tells you that our country constitutes predominantly of young people. Um, And yet, at the same time, 4 in 10 um, young people are not in employment, education or training. Therefore, what that means is that our young people are not able to contribute meaningfully, meaningfully to our economy. And we know that the cost of looking for work is one of the barriers that they encounter um, when trying to enter the labor market. Just to break down the number that mm-hmm. you've cited, what we what we found through this uh, survey that we ran in partnership with an online recruitment uh, platform called JobJack, we found that of that amount that you cited, 1,469, young people spend an average of 700 rand on transport. They spend an average of 328 rand on application fees, and then they also spend 441 rand on average a month on data. And so that's, that, those are the staggering numbers that we found when running the survey to seeing how much of a barrier the cost of looking for work is for young people. I must also ask you here, you know, when we uh, look at these numbers, Letiwe, uh, and even, uh, you know, yourselves as youth capital, as you look at it, uh, you know, what are we suggesting uh, we, we do to respond to this? Because, of course, this is completely unsustainable. If I think of uh, the Social Relief of Distress Grant, that is 350 rand. It doesn't even begin to dent or to make a dent with this 1,400. It does not indeed. And that's why youth capital, you know, when we talk about solutions to um, youth unemployment and just the different barriers that young people face, including the cost of looking for work, we call for a bundle of solutions. So we're not saying there's one bullet to solve the issue, um, but we know for one that data free sites are massively important to young people. They make a difference. We know that, you know, when, young, when a young person is able to go to a platform like SAYouth.mobi and not have to use their data, that makes it even a lot easier for them to access um, work and, you know, not really having to spend money on data because of sites like SAYouth.mobi, because of sites like JobJack um, that are data-free for MTN and Vodacom users. But then in addition to data free sites, we know that as much as the 350 um, SRD grant that you referenced is not um, enough in terms of how much it costs on a monthly basis for a young person, but it does make a difference. And we know this because research tells us that when young people have cash in their pockets, they're able to, um, you know, contribute 
to the cost of looking for work. But not only just young people themselves, we know that many young people come from households where there isn't a working adult. And so if there are members of the family that are able to receive the grant, a young person looking for work is able to receive support from various family members um, who are receiving the grant and therefore they're able to not be burdened by the cost of looking for work. But furthermore, we know that uh, public employment programs also play a part in helping young people overcome the barrier of the cost of looking for work. And that's because when a young person is part of a public employment program, they're able to use the funds um, that they may be able to use even post opportunity to look for work. And so there are different um, interventions, there are different ways in which young people can be supported so that they don't have to be hindered by the cost of looking for work. Those are the guests are the perspective of employers here. Um, you know, nobody can ever possibly say to a, a, um, a potential employer, I just don't have money to get to the interview. Uh, but I'm wondering if employers should or can play a role in this. I think of uh, data costs, taxi fare, which might actually be absolutely nothing uh, for, from a very cash flows perspective. So we know that um, JobJack, for example, works with different employers that offer entry-level um, entry level job opportunities. And so, you know, we would encourage employers to uh, plug into such classes. Even SAU.mobile, not, you know, SAU.mobile does not only um, offer young people the chance to look for learning and, and earning opportunities, but it's designed to create opportunities where young people stay. So, in other words, employers um, in communities where young people stay can be a part of SAU.mobi. Therefore, a young person will not have to spend money um, catching a taxi to go to work because the opportunities are within their community. I want to be keen to speak on youth capital and lobbying government here, conversations with government about some of the solutions that you've put forward. Let's see how uh, is that faring? So we've actually had a... Um, actually not had, I speak of it in past tense, but in truth we are continuing with um, a petition that we started running last year where we are calling for continued funding towards um, public employment program where we are saying that public employment program needs ring-fenced funding. That means that funding that will be long-term, funding that will not end after a year. When we, when we started running the petition last year, you know, when the minister presented um, his mid-term budget policy statement, he announced that the, the, the funding for public employment programs would be extended by a year, and that was a win for youth capital, but we are saying that is not enough. So we are continuing with our petition, calling for long-term funding, calling for ring-fenced funding for public employment programs, because we know that they do not only give young people work experience, which is critical to a young job seeker, but also um, they provide young people with the funds that they can use post the public employment program. I must ask you, with that said, do you have any expectations for uh, Wednesday's budget? We are looking forward to hearing if the Minister will hint at the long-term funding that we are requesting, that we are calling for in our petition. Um, and just to say that to your listeners, anyone who's interested in our petition, please do visit our website, capital.ca.za. Additionally, we are anticipating to hear what the Minister will say with regards to the social relief of distress grant, um, you know, we're not only asking for it to continue, we know it will continue until March 2025, but what we're saying is that we we are expecting to speak of an increase um, to be adjusted for the grant to be adjusted as per inflation. Um, so those those are the 
two of many points that we are eager to hear the minister speak on Wednesday. Fantastic. Thank you for speaking to us, Aletiu, and hopefully uh, we can go on and reflect, uh, you know, oppose that budget. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. Wonderful go well. That's Latiu Ngosi. She is a network mobilizer at Youth Capital. Often or sometimes we hear of people say the youth are waiting for somebody to bring them uh, solutions. Well, that's not the case. Uh, we can see here Youth Capital mobilizing, putting through petitions, uh, working with uh, organizations and partnerships there. And they've got quite a few uh, you know, recommendations here for this issue of the cost of looking for a job. Uh, you know, they say continue to support young job seekers through cash transfer leverage public employment programs, improve infrastructure. I don't think there's a single corner of this society from, uh, you know, business to civil society uh, to ordinary South Africans who are not calling for better infrastructure. They're talking about amplifying the impact of tax incentives and also relaxing trading regulations and also providing relevant job seeking support through employee incentives and uh, you know uh, making sure that those public employment programs really are thriving and like I said tomorrow starts to say we release that quarterly labor force survey we'll see how we fare in the fourth quarter of 2023 in terms of unemployment and it, I think it was a difficult uh, quarter of course normally in the festive season we see a bit of a boom in employment numbers uh, because uh, of course uh, you know it's a busy time people get temp jobs and 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 but uh, that would be uh, uh, would be interesting to see if that actually materialized uh, in uh, 2023 because, of course, there were issues at Transnet and all sorts of other issues there uh, that could have been a barrier to all of that. So the employment issue being one uh, that economists such as Duma Kobule and Kevin Lings all say should be the single uh, preoccupation of our time as the public sector, as the private sector, as government, as ordinary citizens, we should all be deeply preoccupied uh, with the issue of unemployment. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.